Hey, how you doing? This is uh, Joey Natolo with The Space Between, and I'm here with Katrina Michelle. Hi. How are you doing? Good, Joey. Um, yeah, absolutely. What we're going to do, we're going to talk about uh, mental illness uh, and spirituality. This has been a topic that we've been uh, talking about for the past couple of weeks. I feel it's important, and I feel that you have a lot to shed on this. Um, how would you like to, uh, to engage on this conversation? Yeah, well, I'm happy to be here talking with you about it. I think it's an important conversation and uh, born of our own interests and our own experiences. And I think a lot of people need to hear what, what we're going to share today. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, first off, I'd like to talk about how I actually got to you. Yeah, it's a great story. Yeah, well, it's funny. I was, um, it all starts when you're sleeping. <laughs> uh, I woke up at about 11 o'clock and, and, found myself in front of the computer, um, but I wasn't there specifically for any reason at that point that I knew, um, but I found myself somehow on Spiritual Emergent Network, uh, which I wasn't aware that they had something like this out there, um, a platform for people to go to uh, that are having spiritual awakenings. Um, would you like to elaborate on that? I think that you could uh, explain that much better than I can. Yeah, so Spiritual Awakenings, People who are having experiences that they don't understand that takes them out of ordinary consciousness and can be really scary and ultimately is leading them to a place of, how shall we put it, hmm, transformational growth. Now, transformational growth, what does that mean? Explain that to me. So it means that we are letting go of our previous realities and embracing something bigger, embracing something more authentic that's born from a sense of who we really are as spiritual beings. And it means learning to face and shed all of the patterns and systems of conditioning that we've come into throughout we picked our up lives. on this planet. Yeah. Well, one of the things that I wanted to talk about um is that we all have this this inner beacon you know when you start talking like that it's it's some people feel separated because you start talking about spirituality yeah. that that word starts to make people a little bit mm -hmm. like, what are they talking about yeah um but i really feel ultimately i've said it a couple times that we're spiritual beings having a human experience and i feel that's very important for this yeah. topic because it's really understanding who we are at the base, um, not our identity, but our soul mission. Yes, bigger than our bodies. Yes, absolutely. Um, so for me, when going through this, uh, I didn't have, I was, I ended up in a mental institution. And I think where a lot of people do going through this would be, I believe is a mental institution, jail, mm -hmm. things to where people, you know, start saying things that are not being received they might be being received as somebody that has a mental illness or yeah. might be short-circuiting. Sure. Um, what are the types of things or are things you've heard that sound very similar as far as, you know, people having a breakdown or a breakthrough? Mm -hmm. Well, when you're going through an experience, which can look a number of different ways, um, again, you're, you are questioning your reality because you're, given an opening to other ways of understanding the world outside of the ones that are learned. So you're touching into something 
that is universal, something that's outside of our language and our culture and our cognitive understanding. It's outside of the intellect. And that's how we're, we've learned to be in the world through our minds. And this is something beyond that. Do you think that, do you think that has to be changed? You're saying that the conditioning that we're used to is the reasons that we're in, obviously the lanes that we're mm -hmm. in. So when we start going through an awakening, that starts to shift. Yes, and I think that's why we're here talking about this today is because we want to support people in building a culture that can support them when they have these experiences. Mm. So that their first thought is not, I'm going crazy. That their first thought is, what, what am I here to, to engage with to learn so that I can grow and expand and embrace this new way of being. That's an opportunity ultimately, as I see it, to connect with your divine self and express yourself authentically from that place right. in the human form. And how would they find you? So if somebody was, say somebody's going through this, me, yeah. I, I mean, I was lucky, I found it after the fact. Right, right. But I was at least lucky enough to find it at 11 o'clock that night. Yeah. Um, yeah. And to find other people like myself, like right. that was, I think that's the number one thing I'm trying to get to is to find other people going through similar experiences that I was able to connect with to help me with what I was going through. And that's what I found that platform being um, a second opinion. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I mean, it's hard to get a second opinion on crazy though, <laughs> but it's yeah. nice to know it's out there. Well, it's, you know, so you found Spiritual Emergence Network and, you know, we, so we're a cyst and we're a little different than Spiritual Emergence Network, but, but what Spiritual Emergence Network is, is a directory of professionals who have some expertise in dealing with these kinds of experience, mental health professionals who have expertise in, in some of the shama, um, shamanic, the spiritual traditions as right. well. So assist, we also have a directory of professionals as well as coaches, as well as peer support groups and opportunities to share online uh, with people who have an understanding of this. And I think part of the challenge is that we don't have common language to talk about this. So when you get on Google and you're doing a search, you don't know what you're looking for. Right. And I think that's why it's important we're talking about this and it's important you've created this show to let people know what's happening. So they start to have options when they're confronted with an experience like this whether it's solicited or unsolicited. You know, a lot of our culture now is big on this idea of seeking awakening, right? right? Psychedelic use, yoga and meditation, we're all seeking awakening, but we don't really know what that means until we get there. And then it scares the hell out of us. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Be careful what you wish for. <laughs> yes. Right. And it's a process. You know, it's the beginning of a journey. It's not the end of a journey. It's the beginning of one. Yeah. Um, it's funny. It's the beginning and the end. You know, I think that's why they call it an awakening or a rebirth, reborn. Yeah. You think of the names. Um, it all sounds like such shit to me. Like, meaning that, like, because when you're not in it, and I don't mean to use that word, but I'm just saying from the point of view, people say the word awakening or I'm reborn. or It's like, no, what, you made a bunch of mistakes and now you're trying to fix your, you know, whatever it is that you did. But ultimately, that's exactly what it is. And when because you would never know. But when you go through, from my point of view, going through it, and I look back on the other side of it, when they say hindsight being foresight, I now understand it's being reborn. It's, it's being, because you're not the same. You're, you're seeing the world in different eyes. Um, and when you see the world in different eyes and see your fellow humans in different eyes and the planet and everything that's around us that lives yeah. and that we are all connected, mm -hmm. Now, that, when you say that, it sounds mushy, right? right? 
we're all connected right. as one, <laughs> blah, blah, blah. But ultimately, we really are. Yes, until you have a genuine experience of what that means. It just sounds cliche. It does. It does. It really does. But it's so, so important to, to teach kids and to let people know how important it is that these ancient instruments that we carry, that we walk around with every day, are more than things just to stick food in, drinks and other mm -hmm. things. It's an actual instrument that we can use to pick up on what's going on in the world. Yeah. Now that's, that's amazing. So what we've just discussed is something really interesting. We're mm -hmm. like super beings, super heroes, super yeah, something. Exactly. Once we step into it and embrace the experience and learn to, to negotiate the changes that are happening, then I think we have all, a whole bunch of things that we're not even aware of yet. Right. Yeah, human what are, potential. Human, okay. Yeah. Human potential. I think that's exactly what it is, is full potential. People living to their fullest potential. Yes. I woke up this morning and I wanted to be, what can I do to the full potential? Mm -hmm. what, how can I live up to today the best I can, right? And that's the, the number one thing we wake up every day doing is wanting to live to our full potential. Yeah. For ourselves. Well, not everyone wakes up that way. Plenty of people wake up and they don't want to go through the mundane day anymore because mm. they're not living from that authentic place in their souls. Mm. They haven't connected with that. No one's given them that opportunity yet. So I think this is about giving ourselves permission to get there. Whether you're graced with one of these spiritual awakenings like we're talking about that come on spontaneously or whether it's a decision that you make and you work toward. Mm. So what are some of the, I'm not going to say symptoms, but cases from from the word worst is not the right word but severe being from a severe awakening to to something that's a little bit more padded or yeah. filtered because i know that they're they all are very different depending on the individual right. um you know depending i feel that the people i've spoken to that the I'm not going to say the harder it is at their life, but the things that they've, they've been through, mm -hmm. usually the, the, the more they've been through, the, the, the heavier their awakening. Yeah, I mean, I'd be curious to, to hear that. It's, it's interesting knowing a little bit about your story. Um, but, you know, the point is people have all different types of experiences. And there are subtle ones, um, like, you know, mine was this fleeting experience that was uh, kind of just walking down the street and suddenly I did have that state of unity consciousness where I could see the fabric of the universe connecting and I felt this overwhelming love and empathy and it was like this fleeting moment so beautiful really beyond words and yet it shaped my whole life and it was it was just moments um, and it's what eventually brought me to this work and to further t you know find language to talk about it and find community to help me exp express it and it's what brings me to want to share it uh, other people have really traumatic opening experiences, certainly people who've had near-death experiences where they, you know, feel like they're taken out of their body and into other realms and they, they come into this space where they experience such beauty and it's so profound, they don't want to come back into their bodies. And then they're, you know, at risk of suicide, things like that. People undergoing these um, kundalini awakenings, which is similar to perhaps what you've had where there's this energetic sensation that's so challenging to manage as you're trying to you know work work it into your body and, and ground it that it can be really distracting yeah no it, <clears throat> i think uh it is I, I, it is distracting and i think that having 
resources so that it's not as distracting. I feel that, you know, if we were Buddhist, Sikh, or Native American, it's, it's like the rite of passage. It's like puberty, right? You, you go through, like when you go through puberty, you, you're turning into a man or a woman and you go through these changes. We evolve as, 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 as humans, but spiritually we evolve as well. And I think that that's what that balance is between, you know, the body, mind, and soul, you know, heaven, man, and earth, mm -hmm. all these balances that line up together. Now, we live in a polarity planet, and nothing is perfect. So you always have these, these balances, and that's the yin and yang of it. Um, it's living through them and having the tools to get through the dark situations that we have. Um, for myself, I found kundalini yoga to be extremely helpful for the situation I was going through, not understanding the energy that was coming into me um, and what to do with it. And you said something just now, and the last thing you said was about people committing suicide and not knowing or being, I'll say, up in the ethers mm -hmm. and not so, not saying not knowing how to get back, not wanting to come back. Yeah, right. So for me, when I started to feel that that sense of um, oneness, euphoria, the, I, it was very hard for me to want to kind of come back into a place of yeah. you know, what's happening in the world because it feels so at peace and so different than... The, the, the bondage of the things you have to do and stress and pressure because they, it pulls you in a different direction. Um, and for me, the yoga, what's the best way of, I can explain it? It's, it's like for me, it was like taking the garbage out. So okay. when I meditate, yeah. it was like taking, making more room in my mind and clearing out garbage so that I could intake positive information. Mm -hmm. um, so that that really for me was a balance was a kundalini yoga and and that wasn't that never was said to me at a at a mental institution or at a facility of, of a hospital or anything like that mm. no one ever said hey this is what you could be going through try right. kundalini yoga try right. it was it was take this medication take this schizophrenia it was so many different things and i said no nah, i don't i don't think i i have that mm. but i could tell you this I wanted to go home so bad that my ex-wife and my family, because of things I was saying, said if I took this medication, I was able to go home. So I was like, yeah. well, I think yeah. it's time to take some medication. I want to right. go back with my kids. Right. But something told me that that was almost like what was being done. That was a, a quick fix to get something back that would have broke again. Right? Yeah. And maybe worse. Mm -hmm. So I was like, hmm. Maybe on this one, I kind of dive into it a little bit deeper. And at the time, I wasn't sure I'd be able to get back to my family. Um, and I knew that going in this direction I believed in was going to separate me from them. Um, but I believed at the point in time that it was important for me to, to keep following that path because it seemed more important than making money um, and trying to manipulate them into something that wasn't really the truth, right. which was to say that I needed medication and I'll be okay, guys, because yeah. I didn't know I was going to be okay. Yeah. yeah, you were scared and they were scared and you didn't know what you were dealing with, but it sounds like there was this intuition awakened, awakened in you that you knew somewhere down the line you would have to come back to, and that's what you're doing now. Oh, yeah. I mean, I started then, you know, I, I, I went in to these medical facilities and mental institutions and and had them all tell me what they said it was or what they felt it was. And I would go, no, I don't, I don't think that's what it is. 
I, I, it doesn't feel right to me. Yeah. Um, but I really wanted to be back with my family because what I knew and what I created, my, my security and my, my safeness was the, the stability of that household I had built with my family. Yeah. And the things I was saying didn't fit into the parameters of what I taught my family. And so I looked very, uh, looked like I was losing my mind. Yeah. Well, in a way you were. I was finding it. Yeah. I was finding it. And, and I'm here today to talk about it. My kid, Chaz, is, is, is filming today. And, and three years ago, I don't think, not because he didn't want to be near me, but because he didn't understand what I was saying and what I taught him his whole life. Yeah. I taught him a certain way his whole life of what, I believed sure. and unbeknownst to him the next day I woke up saying something yeah. else yeah. Uh, and it had to be shocking and scary for him and for the people around me. Do you want to say what you were talking about that was different? I think that's interesting for people to hear. Um, I guess the best way of looking at it is I started to be able to see past lives. And so when you see, for me, when I saw them, I started to talk about them, but as if they were real. Okay. Um, and they felt very real. And so the way I would describe them, because these were different time periods. And so when I started talking about nights or different time periods that mm -hmm. weren't of this, you know, that were thousands of years ago, it, it sounded wild, yeah. you know, right. it's not like a movie or an MTV mu music video or something. Um, and the more I would try to articulate and talk about the more crazy I'd seem, but the better it felt. So the more yeah. I would tap into this, these different realms mm -hmm. or timelines, it felt comfortable to me, but the more crazy it sounded and the further away from my family I got. Um, but for whatever reason, I felt this was information that was important to know for me to move forward. Yeah, you needed to process it for you and your family probably wasn't the best to do that with. But the only ones I knew. Right. Um, and we're all going through this. The first person that I interviewed was my ex, my former wife, yeah. um, because I wanted to understand from her point of view what she saw. And it was really easy to paint a picture of me being crazy because I wasn't a very nice person before this happened. Okay. Um, I'm not going to say I was a bad person, but I can say that the way yeah. I did things wasn't always, you know, above right. board. I was a street kid and I did things the way I knew. Um, and so a mixture of having street kid and then all of a sudden an awakening spirituality mm -hmm. and then you smash those two things together. <laughs> And, and you have a, a, a spirituality manic sandwich mm. that doesn't understand what's happening and that needs guidance and needs to understand what is happening and, and to not have any place. And even to go to mental institutions now, go there today, and to see that they do not have an existing platform that is helping the people that are underneath the roof. It doesn't. Yeah. It just doesn't. They say they do, but it, it doesn't. Yeah, and I think they will acknowledge that there's a lot of work that needs to be done. It's not everything. You know, I think those facilities exist with the intention of keeping people safe first. So in that way, I get it, but but it's not really keeping you safe if you feel like you're misunderstood and handcuffed. And You're safe uh, while you're there. 
as soon as you leave that building, you're not safe anymore. But meaning, you're only, you're not safe there. <laughs> I know that you come from working. You worked at mental facilities, and it is. It's like you want to make sure that the people there are safe. But I think if the people there are properly trained, then yes. the people there are safe, and that's I what agree. I think you guys are doing yes. now. Yes, that's the intention. The intention is to, you know, so just to say a little bit about assist, the intention of assist is to support people going through experiences like this. And we do that predominantly by training professionals at our conference, which we have annually and we travel throughout the country. When is that? This year it's in Atlanta, November 14 through 16. And professionals, mental health professionals, coaches, spiritual directors can come. Um, you can earn continuing education if you're a trained mental health counselor. And the intention is to bring a grounded research to people's understandings of these experiences so that when they're faced with it in their practices, they know how to support someone and not do further damage. But a lot of people, like I keep mentioning Kelly Slater, or if it's Usher, people singing, artists, Alex Gray, all these people channel, all these people are yeah. picking up this information from somewhere else mm -hmm. and hitting their high, their full potential. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Opening up again beyond the mind. Don't even know. A lot of them don't even know they're really uh, actually doing it. Or sometimes yeah. people know they're doing it, but they're not talking about it. Oh, right. Because it sounds funny to say I'm channeling. Right. Yeah. I got that. <laughs> yeah. But yet we celebrate these people for their their work and their their artwork and their genius because it's it takes somebody beyond the mundane. It takes someone beyond the boxes of the mind, and that's why we love their art. It's transcendent. So that's beautiful, right? Yeah. But if we go to a mental institution to try to find our way to get to where they're at. Right. Probably not the best route. No, it's not. Yeah. <laughs> but we're getting closer. Yes. And I think the more that we talk about it, the more that we have a platform to people from influence or just the business people, anything that, that can talk about these experiences and help younger people that are coming up um, that may be having them. When you look at the uh, suicide rate for men under 40, then you're like, wow, this is pretty wild shit like this 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 all come what is that why why is that why are these numbers like this yeah. we got to be able to do something right yeah. like how do, we how? need more support the culture needs more support and more understanding and it's not enough to just stick a label on someone and, and medicate them you know we need community and i think that's really what come what this comes down to and i think that's what we're trying to do at assist is create community of people an opportunity to make meaning of their experiences see how people have gone through and come to places where they're thriving from a state of pain and disintegration and creating community to support each other through it you know through every step most people do end up you know getting divorced losing their families losing their jobs they're motivated no longer by the way we we were motivated we were trained to be motivated by money by fear they're now motivated by the sense of connection and wanting to uplift others and be of service. Mm. So you can imagine the lives you've created in that first world, it just doesn't sink anymore. It's really challenging to bridge that. But with support, hopefully we can educate families as well as mental health professionals and know what we're dealing with so we don't just throw everything away. Right. And you guys are a nonprofit. So to keep going and to keep helping people, yeah. how, do, how do we or people that are listening um, donate or how do they help you? Yeah, so you can become a member of SIST, which it's A-C-I-S-T-E dot org is our website. And that stands for the American Center for the Integration of Spiritually Transformative Experiences. 
and you can donate on our website. You can also sign up for our newsletter where we have people contributing um, articles and opinions about different types of spiritual awakenings. We also talk about the research that's being done. Um, and yeah, you can. How do you find that again? Assist.org, A C I S T E.org. And we're also on social media. Um, if you look, look up Assist, you'll see our social media channels. I think that um, Stan Groff. Yes. Very interesting guy. And mm -hmm. he started uh, Spiritual Emergent Network, which yes. Assist came yes. in after, correct? Correct. Yes. Do you want to, how did that, tell us a little bit about him and his wife and how that started. Yeah. So Stan and Christina Groff, who um, has recently passed, uh, they actually coined this term spiritual emergence slash spiritual emergency because Christina, during childbirth, had a Kundalini opening. Um, and they talk about it in their book, and this prompted Stan Groff, who was a consciousness researcher, was researching LSD and psychedelics, to explore this. And um, I, I recommend the book to anyone who's going through an experience like this. What's the name of the book? Intro, Spiritual Emergency. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and Assist came from the near-death experiencer community who really wanted to give um, a broader platform for people to explore what they were going through, create research around it, and support experiencers directly. I think that's amazing. Um, the fact that there's something out there, that there's something else out there. Yeah. That's all I'm saying. I think that waking up at 11 o'clock that night, I, I'll say just as much as that would change my life as meeting Tage, just knowing that there's something out there that could help people going through it. Um, and I think anybody else that was uh, in, like, like Kanye West, you know, you see someone like that who's really shit sure of himself, I'll say, right? Real confident. Yeah. And all of a sudden, publicly, you see somebody that loses grip. It looks like he's losing grip, right? Sure. Before the whole world. And you're looking at this man going, oh, man, this guy's lost his mind. Mm. But when he starts talking, he starts saying that he feels connected to the planet, the people, you know, and granted, he sounds a little bit nuts yes. in the beginning. I got <laughs> right, it. If I'm right. looking at what he's doing, I was yeah. there the same day in UCLA, and I'm looking at this guy going through this, not hindsight, looking back uh -huh. at it. Um, and he was at UCLA, one of the best medical centers on, on, on the planet. Yeah. What did they do for him? Do they have a, you know, a place that they could have helped him there? Did, was that the place for him? I'm not going to say yes or no to that. Um, because at the time, I don't feel any place was the right place uh, I, until I found a place. And honestly, the first people that I spoke to that understood what I was going through were yogis. Yeah. Believe yeah, it or not. Absolutely. Well, you know, again, I mean, the, the Western idea of what yoga is, is that it's a physical practice. And that's just like the tip of the iceberg. You know, the yogic wisdom goes back so far. I mean, it's, you know the religion of hinduism is is the oldest religion out there mm. and there is all of this profound work that is why these systems of asana which we know as yoga here have been developed so i think i think that's the right direction to start going to understand these experiences i'm yeah. glad you found that yeah i think that you know one of the other the other topics that we'll touch on is i think the importance of bringing um yoga meditation into correctional facilities yeah uh the reason i feel that so importantly is because of what happened to me and, and the balance and the calmness that it, it's brought into my life um 
I'm not going to say I'm perfect. I'm far from it. And I still, I still freak here and there a little bit, but it, it's given me the tools to know that I have something else and I, I don't have to freak. Yeah. I can kind of just breathe it out as to before it was, I wanted everyone in the room to know I'm about to freak. Mm. And I'd be like, why do I actually tell people I'm about <laughs> to freak? Like I have to really, I don't know. I think cause I wanted, cause I was about to freak. Yeah. yeah. And I think I was asking for someone to calm me down because yeah. it doesn't feel good freaking. Yeah. You know, no, and it's just, it feels good to feel good, you know, but a lot of times as a man, when you're, you're brought up, it's not so bad to make other men fear you, you know, it's, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it's a way of, you know, making them have to listen to you. So it's, it's hard because going through it and being a street person, it's like, you know, when you raise up or you get loud, you know, you have other, it's absolutely. And you, other people do what you you get them to do what you want them to do yeah. by fear right. uh, versus love. Yes. Um, and we're actually taught to do that, you know, not even knowing it. You know, we, we, we go watch sports and yeah, we, we teach our kids, yeah. like, stop that. Mm-hmm. You know, if a kid pushes you at school, I remember you telling my kids, my, I felt bad. My oldest son, Dax, sweetest, sweetest kid ever, but because he was so quiet and so shy, I would tell him, you know, the kid yell at him, I'd be, Punch that fool in his face. Kick him. Like, you know, kick him in his lung. Let him know who you are. And I think about how the things I said to him, I'm like, oh my God, you can't say that. There's so many things I could have said differently, but it was the way I knew that people wouldn't um, mess with him or, you know, test him Mm -hmm. because he was a quiet soul and a quiet person. So I felt that he'd be taken advantage of by other kids because of his kindness. Um, And so I almost ruined his kindness. I almost stripped my son of his kindness because I wanted him to be mean to the kids that were being mean to him. And uh, now I ultimately know that that wasn't the direction I was, you know, to take him in. But because I was taught a certain way as a man, I felt I wanted him to be rough and tough and have that machismo, you know someone talks to you like that, you know, make sure he understands that he'll never talk to you that way again. I think it's complicated for men. I really do have a lot of compassion for men. You know, I think we, we give them these mixed messages about who they should be, how they should be. And I think this is part of what makes you great to be talking about these experiences because people can relate to you as man's man. And here you are talking about love and peace and healing. Well, it took, well, not to go back and forth, but it did. It took it took the right women in, in my life around me to to actually accept it and to understand that it was okay. Mm-hmm. Um, meaning, when I started talking about this, as much as we were at odds with each other, my former wife JC, she came on the show. I was able to grow from it as 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 much as she was uh, annoyed with who I was as a human being and how we got here. She still let me go through the process of of understanding what I was going through, I was able to leave and she was still an amazing mom and my kids and, and, and raised them. Now, granted, she was saying the things that was bothering the most, saying I was going crazy, yeah. but we were both trying to understand the situation and really needed a, a platform like assist. Mm-hmm. That would, can you imagine if, right. if, if my ex and me had that to go, this is what's happening, yeah. we would have had a different outcome. Like, man, this is what God created sure. and this is where we're at. Sure. But moving forward for other people, other kids, people going through this, how important it is 
to understand that maybe you're not mentally sick. You just need a different way of looking at things. Maybe things aren't as they seem. Right, right. Yeah, I think we're taught that you're either well or you're broken. You know, in our culture, we're not really taught that, well, sometimes you have to be broken so you can build up that muscle and get even better than you were in the first place. And I kind of see that this is the opportunity. These openings are the opportunity to break you down so you can build up and be even stronger than you were. I feel that that's spirituality. I feel that people that go through these awakenings are sometimes it's either near-death experience or a human being that's completely broken down. And that's when you mean breakdown or breakthrough. You have individuals that will take it and that break down and will end up in a mental institution and that need the help. And then you have individuals that will break through that are able to, you know, have the tools for however they have them to keep it inside. They hide it, however it is, or they, they just learn to adapt to it. They, they become humans that just figure it out. Maybe they don't hear the voice, feel the, feel the voices, mm -hmm. but they're getting the information because it's, we're all getting the information. Like if we think we're the ones coming up with all this, <laughs> that's, that's, we'll figure that out soon. <laughs> yeah. Wonderful. Well, thank you guys for, uh, for tuning in to space between. Um, thank you so thank much. You, and you want to tell them again how they can find you? Yeah. Uh, assist.org, A-C-I-S-T-E.org. And on Facebook, we are assist for you. Number four, letter U. On Instagram, we are assist one, number one. Thank you. And we'll also have uh, information and literature on our website to help you find your way to assist if you need it. Um, and thanks for everybody for tuning in to the space between. Sat Nam. Let it be. But we all have, it's our God-given right to have this information. This is yeah. part of what this is it. We, yeah. we, we pick up on it. Mm. And like you're saying, you know, an experience like that, whether it's in the hospital or whether it's in private practice, can be really damaging for somebody who's struggling to disclose this. And it, it, can, it can create PTSD and, you know, further traumatize somebody who's already at the edge of trying to understand this. Yeah. It's, it is so fascinating to... Um, yeah, and you know where I, where I started to find more people like myself, believe it or not? As soon as I stepped into a Kundalini yoga class, yeah. there were so many other people that were there that were confused. Not saying they were all confused, but just saying like they, they, they'd found the right place to go to. That's yeah. what I'm trying to say, is that I found myself in a position. I went to an old friend of mine, and I ended up with Tej, a Kundalini master, a teacher, and it was a lot, it was probably, yeah, it was where I needed to be. Mm -hmm. I under, I started to understand the energy and what was happening to me and what to do, right. that I wasn't crazy and that there was a lot of other people just like me there that were there for the same reason. Um, you know, like if you go to Alcoholics Anonymous, there's people there that can help you because they're going through the yeah. same thing. Yeah. And so talking about it does help. Absolutely. So um, important. Yeah. It would be great if they, if they offered kundalini classes for like insurance, it was acceptable because you think about the things and why people go to the doctor and why they need to use insurance is because they're not in a place right, and course. they're not balanced. But of course. 
And, you know, I think that's part of our intention with ASSIST is to make this mainstream so that everyone who's trained, just like we're trained as professionals to understand substance abuse or, you know, domestic abuse, whatever it is, we're also trained to understand these experiences, whatever you want to call them, spiritually transformative, spiritual emergence, altered states of consciousness, with, with the idea of growing, you know, the growth potential of these experiences, not just looking at them as pathology, you know, not just stopping at let's medicate somebody and suppress their symptoms, but the idea of supporting someone through a transformative period. And now, and, exa- and on that, looking at people like Kanye West, uh, Russell Brand, mm-hmm. uh, they've made it, and not purposely, but because they've come out so, so publicly mm-hmm. that now we see that it's everybody that's having them. You, you have from Kanye West to Jim Carrey to Keanu Reeves, you, you have these people, public figures, that are now speaking and talking about having these awakenings. Um, and I think that the people that are awakening are the ones that are figuring out, oh, it's coming yeah. from somewhere else. Yes, tapping into that higher source, whatever that is, that connection, that you know, collective unconscious, whatever you want to call it. Source, yeah. yeah. Several, several you know, the different terms and names people have. Um, but it's the same thing with all, you know, you start talking to all these different religions, but a lot of them have all these boundaries on them. But ultimately, at the, the, the through line through all of them, at the very top of all of them, they all connect. Yes. They all connect. And I think that's that spiritual line, that, 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 that universal connection. Um, and they change as it comes down, like water runs downhill, right? And then all of a sudden, people try to start controlling and guiding, and that's where it changes. Mm-hmm. But at the tops of them, they have this, this beauty, yeah. that this this through line of, of them to where how they all start. Exactly. Um, and I think that's what I do connect to. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the lanes and the boundaries of what they tell you you can and cannot do. I, I do have issues with that. Yes. Yes. But, um, but I do feel that uh, the understanding that I do now have and being able to open up as a man and, and talk about it in a way to not feel um insecure about my feelings i feel great about it now it it, it's taken this to do it yeah i mean i wouldn't have done this you know um but i i'm I'm happy i have and i feel that uh having a a relationship with with uh, spiritual emergence network with assist as well (laughs) i kind of yeah it's okay (laughs) one one started and this one that's without that yeah Yeah. got it yeah um that having these platforms and, and making them accessible to more people, and uh, I think that we'd have better results with uh, the things that are happening in mental institutions, which falls off to homelessness. You keep going; it just it, it just keeps unraveling. Yeah. Because when you have these mental illness, mental wellness issues, it leads to homelessness yes. because people can't react; they can't even pay their bill. They start yeah. to not be able to function in normal day-to-day activities. Um, and then you, you have homeless situations. And what happens if you're homeless? That there's no real fix for that either. Mm-hmm. It's either keep, you know, keep walking, or you end up in a mental institution or in prison. Yeah. Same thing. That they don't have a middle ground. So I'm really I'm happy that there is a place to go. Um, and I'm I'm really excited that we finally got a chance to meet yeah. i mean it started you were in another state and yes. i was calling you yes well that just all here. aligned perfectly really yeah. 
Yeah, I, that's I, how this works. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I know that once uh, at 11 o'clock that night when I pulled it up on the computer, I was like, I need to find these people. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad that you came down and, and we're here now to talk about it. And I really thank you for uh, what you've done and what you're doing for people. Yeah, likewise, Joey. I mean, it's really exciting that you're using your experience to help other people feel guided and supported when they are encountering something similar. Pointing and, them toward resources, helping them, you know, with just this understanding and this compassion that you have. You know, and and I, I thank you very much. And I look at it, and it is compassion, but the way I was looking at it before was I had this drive in my heart, in my soul, because I wanted my kids to know <clears throat> that I wasn't crazy and I wanted them to be proud of me still. So that was the thing that kept driving me because I felt like if they, soon enough, they're going to understand why I separated myself from them and it wasn't I chose anything over them. It wasn't that at all. I just believed that what I was going through seemed very real and when I come back and explain what it was, I had to just, I had to find out for myself. Yeah. I had to travel east. Yeah. I had to travel of east. Course. And it's, it's challenging for you as an adult to understand. Of course, it's challenging for kids to understand. Oh yeah, like tell everything the way I knew it with, with, with my sons and with my daughter and, you know, now driving here, talking to my son, Chaz, and going through it in a way to where he's still trying to understand what I'm saying mm -hmm. as I'm trying to bring it in a linear way to where it makes sense to him. But he's very intelligent, so sometimes he overthinks it. But it's okay because now we're having these communications and these talks to where I know when I'm leaving, he's thinking about it a little bit differently. Mm -hmm. And so am I. Yeah. Um, and just that openness, that communication between my son and me talking about something that we would have never talked about before is leaving a, a place for us to, to, to be able to be open, to be sensitive, to, to communicate with one another as men that don't, doesn't have to be, you know, so guarded and, and so, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's a real genuine connection. 